1: Welcome Giants fans, you are listening to the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of the SB Nation family of podcasts. Today's show is going to focus on the NFL Combine, which will be here in a couple of days, and to help us preview what we're going to to see and what we should be looking forward to uh this this year at the combine i'm going to bring in scott wright of draft countdown one of my favorite nfl draft analysts and scott joins us now how you doing today
0: i'm doing excellent thanks for having me as always
1: hey no problem no problem we do this uh we do this at least once a year you and i it seems
0: yeah absolutely we go way back now
1: i know it's like you know and and, uh we're we're almost old timers at, at this for god's sakes
0: it's amazing how fast it goes.
1: I know, Jeepers. We've been doing this uh well, I've been doing Big Blue View for uh amazingly 12 years now, and I know you've been doing uh Draft Countdown for at least that long.
0: I started Draft Countdown full-time in 2003, but I started the first iteration of the site in 97. So yeah, I'm a, I'm over a couple decades now.
1: Wow, you are, you are an old timer. I I'm, I'm, I'm practically a newbie at this.
0: I'm an old school draft dork. <laughs> <laughs> there
1: you go, and uh, and for my money, still one of the best in the business. And I'm I'm thrilled to uh, to to have you on the show today. Appreciate that. So let's let's get right into it, Scott. And you know, we'll we're I'm not going to mess around here. We're going to go right to the quarterback question when it comes to uh, to my New York Giants. When we talked last year, you were adamant. At this time a year ago, that there was no chance that the Giants would take a quarterback. at At that point in time, I wasn't sure. I was still on the Sam Darnold train. Uh, you know, I, I sort of I sort of came around as we got closer to the draft to the belief that the Giants would go Barkley, um, which they eventually did do. What I want to ask you, here we are again with the Giants sitting at number 6. The quarterback question is still sitting out there. Where are you this year on the will the Giants or won't the Giants pull the trigger, you know, on a quarterback at number 6 question right now?
0: I think it's much more likely this year. And, and it, it, you know, I, I thought they should have taken Sam Donald a year ago. I, if I was running the team, I, I wouldn't have bypassed that opportunity. But just looking at what they did when they brought in Dave Gettleman, I think that was a pretty clear commitment to the old Giants way, uh, to Eli Manning, etc. Uh, I, I think after the way this past season went, I think they're going to be a lot more open to bringing in a quarterback early, as as tricky as it might be. Uh, with Eli Manning uh, but you have to uh, at this point if you're them and uh, I don't know exactly which quarterback they're going to take but I I, with with a similar degree of certainty when I said last year that they weren't going to take a quarterback at two I feel pretty confident that they're not going to take Kyler Murray from Oklahoma Uh, he's just not their type of quarterback for a myriad of reasons uh, so I, I don't think he's the guy I think ultimately it's going to come down to Dwayne haskins from Ohio State and Daniel Jones from Duke I think those are the two quarterbacks they're going to end up looking at uh, with their top pick
1: It's interesting because I, I tend to agree with you there you know I know that Kyler Murray is a really interesting really exciting player guy that uh, that a lot of fans especially you know younger fans look at and get really excited about you know about the possibilities, and oh my goodness, what if we put Murray with Saquon Barkley and Odell Beckham? You know, but but it comes down to organizational fit, and what do you want? The Giants have an old school general manager, you know, who who knows his stuff, but but still sees things in a traditional way. I'm not sure that Pat Shermer, you know, would believe in a Kyler Murray. You know, one of the few things that Shermer has said about what he wants and what he likes in a quarterback, two things I know he's said, is that he likes size and he also likes sort of a calm demeanor. And and I'm not sure that a Kyler Murray-type quarterback brings either of those.
0: No, absolutely, and, and the size in particular. Everyone's going to focus on the at the scouting combine and Kyler Murray's height, but I mean, we generally know he's going to be five ten, maybe a shade under. But I'm more interested to see his weight. Uh, they listed him at one ninety five, but I want to see whether or not he's bulked up. Uh, whether he has the frame to bulk up further uh, because for a guy who runs it as much as he does, I, I put in perspective, he ran the ball 140 times last year, Josh Jacobs, who's probably the top running back in this draft ran it 120 times. Granted that was in a rotation at at Alabama, but um, Kyler Murray at sub 200 pounds. I just don't see how he's going to hold up at the next level with that style of play, but um, it's going to take a forward thinking organization to to go out in that limb with Kyler Murray, but I mean, we talked, we started off the show, Ed, talking about how we've been doing this for a while, and it, it kind of blows my mind that we're talking about a player like Kyler Murray as not only a first-round pick, but maybe a top of the draft type of guy. I mean, 10, 15 years ago, Ed, what would Kyler Murray have been? I mean, he would have been written off as obviously a day three pick. It's just how how late in the draft with his size. But uh, it, it's a new age, and, and all bets are kind of off at the quarterback position.
1: You know, I hate to say it, but I think, uh, you know, 10 years ago, somebody would have looked at Kyler Murray and said, well, you know, maybe he can return punts. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it it it's come a long way, and – You know, what's going to happen is when it, you know, and I don't want to get sidetracked talking completely about Murray, but you get to a point where, you know, we've seen Russell Wilson succeed, you know, although Wilson is a much bigger-bodied guy than Kyler Murray. We saw Baker Mayfield succeed, but there has to come a point where – where there is a threshold that's just too small and I think you're right it's it it might be more the frame than the actual height
0: yeah and, and I think Kyler Murray is going to test that threshold not only with his height but with his weight and um I I just kind of look at it big picture I think back to Lamar Jackson who I guess I was a little higher on than some last year I item is I think right around the 20 range in my overall ranking so I had one of the I had him as a first round pick, uh, and, and he dropped a little bit and I keep asking myself, is Kyler Murray that much better of a prospect than Lamar Jackson? I mean, between the two, I'm not so sure I wouldn't take Lamar Jackson, but, um, I, I mean, like I say, it, 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 the NFL is a copycat league and they saw the success that the Browns had with Baker Mayfield that the Ravens had with Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray is kind of, uh, uh the best of both those worlds.
1: So let's talk you know specifically about the Giants and number six. I think the uh, the common belief for most draft analysts when it comes to the Giants at number six is that if they're going to take a quarterback, the only one that would get consideration there is Dwayne Haskins and I believe I've seen you also mock Haskins to the Giants so the question is twofold are you are you also a believer that Haskins is the only choice if they go quarterback the other question is do you actually think Dwayne Haskins is still going to be on the board
0: uh, yeah. and in in both my mocks, I had the Giants taking Dwayne Haskins, but also in both of my mocks, I had the Jaguars taking Daniel Jones from Duke with the very next pick. And I was very close to giving the Giants Jones. i I think he's very much in that conversation. I think it's going to be a 1A, 1B type of situation between those two. And uh, I think both are very much in play for the Giants. And don't rule out the, that Eli Manning connection and factor. Uh, Eli Manning is is very close with Dave Cutcliffe, who uh, from years back, and I believe Eli Manning even brought some of his receivers down to the Duke campus at times to to work out and Daniel Jones would sit in on those film sessions so maybe that's a, an x, x factor in this whole situation but i think that's the debate the Giants are gonna have to have uh, and uh, you got to take a quarterback in the position they're in it's just in the options aren't as good this year as they were last year i think the top quarterback in this draft would have been At best, the third, maybe the fourth quarterback in last year's draft. And I think a lot of teams kind of saw this down year coming, which is why there was so much jockeying for signal callers a year ago. Uh, But but I think it it, it would border on negligence if the Giants didn't take a quarterback with that pick, Uh, even though talent wise it might be a slight reach. Um, you have to secure the future because Eli Manning's not going to, the, the direction he's trending is not going to turn around at this point in his career. So um, are, are the options as tantalizing as they were a year ago? Definitely not. But you have to make do with what's available. And, uh, and if you're the Giants, I don't think you can put it off any longer.
1: So let's talk about Haskins and Jones a little bit. And incidentally, I do agree with you that uh, my take on Daniel Jones, in particular, is that you know I think Dan Hatman of uh, of the Scouting Academy and Inside the Pylon talks a lot about you know teams and what they're comfortable with and what their biases are and 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 all of all of that kind of thing. And I think that. The Giants are comfortable with what they've had in Eli Manning, and what when I keep looking at Daniel Jones, people talk about the arm strength and, and, and the negative things with Daniel Jones. The things that I think are going to attract the Giants to Daniel Jones are, as you said, the Cutcliffe connection, the fact that he has an existing relationship with Eli Manning, you know the fact that that he's been trained, as I said, by by David Cutcliffe, and understands. You know the one thing that when I've talked to to people about Jones is that he's been trained in the responsibility of the quarterback position, and I I agree with you a hundred percent. I think you just can't discount all of those things. You know when it comes to Jones.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and and even, I mean, he very much, I think there's a lot of similarities between him and Eli Manning, I got a chance to see Jones up close and personal down at the Senior Bowl for the whole week, and um, I, I don't want to say he's robotic, just as a person, but very even-keeled. I mean, you, you never saw him get too high or too low, and, and honestly, I was underwhelmed with him during the week of practices, from what I saw, I, I expected more, uh, but then the game, he came in uh, for the second half of the game, and, and was exactly what we were all hoping to see just polished, composed in control and and led two touchdown drives and basically put the game away for his team. So uh, I think he's definitely going in the top half of the first round. And, uh, and like you said, I think it's comfort. Uh, The giants aren't trying to reinvent the wheel at the quarterback position. I don't think. And I said the same thing about Tom Coughlin and the Jaguars at number seven. I don't think they're in the market for Kyler Murray either. They're going to go with what they're comfortable with. And, and I can't see any more comfort level, Than with Daniel Jones and even going back before Eli Manning and you can probably refresh my memory, but I mean, they, I mean, it's never like, it's not like they had Randall Cunningham back in the day. It's always been Phil Sims. It's Jeff Hostetler, et cetera, et cetera. So, I mean, he is Daniel Jones fits the mold of what the giants look for at that position. And uh, I think he has a high floor too. He's just so polished. He's technically sound. They know, not not quite firsthand, but they have the inside scoop on how he was trained, his strengths, his weaknesses, uh, who he is as a person, his work ethic, etc. So I, I think Daniel Jones, even though everyone focuses on, on Dwayne Haskins, I think it's very close. And whether the, either of them will be there at, at six for the Giants, uh, I think that's up in the air. I think this is going to be one of those years where we see jockeying for quarterbacks Uh, I liken it back to a few years ago when the Rams traded up for Jared Goff and the Eagles traded up for Carson Wentz, and when they did that, both originally were picking outside of the top 10. So, uh, not only I think do the Giants and the Jaguars have to consider moving up for the quarterback of their choice, but uh whether it's the Broncos maybe at 10 uh you have the the Dolphins at i believe 13 the Washington Redskins at 15 uh i think you're going to see at least one maybe two of these teams move into the top 5 because the teams at the top of this draft they have their quarterbacks they're willing to move down uh yeah there's some really good defensive linemen at the top with uh, Nick Bosa from Ohio State and and Quentin Williams from Alabama but Defensive lines—the strength of this draft—and if these teams can pick up some uh, some other goodies and maybe move down a half a dozen spots and maybe even half, maybe even a couple dozen spots. Uh, and, and still get a really good defensive lineman, I think that's going to be pretty attractive. So I think all the ingredients are in place for some deals to happen at the top of the draft for these quarterbacks. Uh, we just have to see kind of see how this game of roulette plays out and, and who goes the veteran route here in free agency and and who still uh, needs to go get their young signal caller. But at the end of the day, I think we're going to see four quarterbacks go in the first round.
1: So you mentioned the the high floor for Daniel Jones. What do you see? You know, we'll get to Dwayne Haskins here in a minute, but also, what do you see as a ceiling for Jones? Is he a ceiling as a top tier guy? You know, in your mind?
0: Yeah, I, I think high floor, but also lower ceiling than than some of the other options in this class. He's not the most physically talented of the group uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but what what's attractive about him is is he, he's kind of a finished product to a certain degree already. Uh, he, he looks exactly the part, uh, and and even when he struggles, he does everything right. So uh, yeah, I, I think if, if you want to swim for the fences, I think you go with Kyler Murray or or even Drew Locke from Missouri, who we haven't even talked about yet. But I mean that guy. The term arm talent was invented to describe players like Drew Locke. I mean he just has a cannon. He can make every throw in the book and. Uh, there, there's some huge downside there too. I think he's very much a boomer bust prospect, but, but Drew Locke is a very easy guy to dream on in terms of the upside potential because he is so toolsy and, and very charismatic as well. Uh, it, Daniel Jones is the polar opposite of that. <laughs> he's not overly toolsy. He's got good size. He's got adequate arm strength. He's adequate across the board. There's no huge deficiency, but he's not going to wow you with any one physical trait. Um, and personality-wise, he's not going to set the room on fire either. He's going to give you the standard quotes and, um, and, and say it in a monotone voice, and uh, it, it, that's just what you're going to get with him. So um, th- there's a little something for everybody depending on what you're looking for, both uh, in terms of their skill sets but also their personalities.
1: So give me your uh give me your your scouting report synopsis on on Dwayne Haskins.
0: Yeah, and and of course the concern is only one year as a starter. Uh it, but the same was said for uh, Mitchell Trubisky and the Bears so far have been happy with that decision, but but only eight games as a starting quarterback. I think is a or one season as a starting quarterback is a bit of concern. And one thing I keep laughing at, I I see people talking about how he's mobile and he runs. And that could be further from the truth. Dwayne Dwayne Haskins, he's not a statue in the pocket, but... He's close to it. He is not a mobile quarterback. He's not going to move around all that much. He is a pocket passer through and through, and um, he's got good size. He's got a very strong arm. He can make all the throws, and uh, his best football is still ahead of him. I mean, just I, I, what did he throw for 50 touchdowns this year in his first season as starter? Something incredible like that. So um, it, it, that's why I think he's almost universally viewed. Some people like Drew Lock. Murray Jones but I think Haskins is universally in the top couple for most teams because of all those factors but as I said earlier were he in last year's draft I think he would have been at best the probably the fourth quarterback taken I don't think he would have went ahead of uh, Josh Allen from Wyoming so uh, somewhere back end of the top 10 maybe just outside is where Haskins would have gotten in last year's draft whereas this year uh, maybe as early as number one overall if someone moves up
1: Scott, I just have to say this. I think you mentioned Dwayne Haskins and the uh, the mobility whole running quarterback thing, and I think the one thing we learned from all of that, because it came from you know Stephen A. Smith, I think the one thing we learned is that Stephen A. Smith knows nothing about college football.
0: Yeah, I mean it's 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 pretty blatant uh, for some of these uh, people who claim to uh, be experts. They can. It's clear that they don't watch the games very much. But uh, but that's all right. That's uh, more opportunities for people like me.
1: <laughs> that's very true and as i said we're we're happy to have you here uh dropping some uh, some draft knowledge on us let's turn to some of the other positions obviously the Giants have to do more you know that than find a quarterback in this draft so you know they they have needs across the board on defense they have needs on the offensive line and Let's, let's just assume that they go quarterback in round one. You know, I'm I'm not 100% convinced they're going to do that. I think there might be a scenario where they try to use some of their extra picks to maybe trade back into the first round after using a, their sixth pick on something else. I think maybe that's a scenario they'd like, but it might not be realistic in this class. But let's just talk about where you find the talent Let's talk about offensive line first. If they wanted to go say round 2, round 4, somewhere in there where they've got extra picks to to bulk up their offensive line, you know, find a right tackle, maybe find some depth at center or guard. Is this a class where they can do that and and who might be some, you know, some players that, that we could look at?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think there's really good depth along the offensive line this year, and I think you're going to be able to find uh, a player capable of coming in and, and contributing right away even into day three. And uh, I, I would say the one area where it's maybe weak is that quote-unquote franchise left tackle. I think if you're looking for that player, uh, your two options at the top are going to be Greg Little from Ole Miss and Andre Dillard from Washington State, but uh, a lot lot of uh, right tackle guard types in this class, but, but really outstanding depth, and Uh, One it depends whether you're looking for a right tackle or a guard, of course. And one interesting player is Dalton Reisner from Kansas State, a guy who can play tackle, guard, or center, theoretically. Uh, So if you want that that versatile do-it-all type, uh, he's probably going to be there Late in day two, uh, maybe even early in day three. Although he's got a little buzz right now, and there again a high floor because at the very least you know you're going to get a, a swing backup. He's going to save you a roster spot. But um, it, it really just depends on what type of player you're looking for. What what do you think would be the best option? Uh, right tackle, guard. What do you think's more likely for the Giants?
1: Well, to me, I think that they absolutely have to address the right tackle spot this off season. I think it largely depends as far as center and guard, it depends on how they feel about John Jalapio, you know, who they, they had as their starting center, you know, at the beginning of last year, and whether or not they intend to bring back Jamon Brown, you know, after picking him up on waivers mid season, I think they probably do intend to bring Brown back. So for me, I think the primary spot of interest for me, you know, would be right tackle. So I would think that uh you know that maybe a day two, and and I hate to pigeonhole and say, well, you take a right tackle day two, you take defense in round three, you take this in round four, but I would, but if they're interested, let's say in a day two, right tackle, you know who who might some of the best options, you know beyond Risner be.
0: Well, and and if you're looking to do it in the second round. I think Caleb McGarry from Washington uh, would be my pick. I'm a big fan of his. Uh, he's 6'8", 320 plus pounds, just a mountain of a man and 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 doesn't have the feet to play left tackle, but he is a, a very effective right tackle. He's powerful and just outstanding effort and intangible. So, so that would be my pick, but also David Edwards from Wisconsin, who didn't have a, a great Junior season, so his stock has dropped a little bit, but I still think he's going to be a day two pick. Uh, and, and you know what you're getting from Wisconsin offensive linemen; uh, they're ready to come in and play right away. So, so those would be the two guys I would highlight as right tackle guys uh, uh, on day two. Uh, a little further down on day three, maybe a Max Sharping from Northern Illinois could be a possibility. Maybe a Dennis Daly from South Carolina, but uh, but definitely if you're looking on day two. Taylor McGarry would be my pick. I think he's a plug-and-play starter at right tackle for the next decade.
1: Interesting that you mentioned McGarry. I had the opportunity to speak with John Kaminsky a couple of weeks ago, the uh, the defensive lineman from Charleston, I believe. Yep. And, you know, John was at the Senior Bowl. And you, you'll be interested in this. I asked him, you know, what player he lined up against during the week who really, really impressed him and the guy that he mentioned was McGarry.
0: That doesn't surprise me at all. No, uh, he said he's
1: just he said he's just a mountain. You know, he's the biggest, strongest guy he's ever seen, and he had an answer for everything.
0: And he's the type of guy, if you're going up against Caleb McGarry, you better bring your lunch pail, because it's going to be a long day at the office for defensive linemen. And, and I like Kaminsky too, since you mentioned him. He's he's real interesting. He he was near the top of my list going into the Senior Bowl week. I wanted to see what is this guy? Just see him physically. Is he D-end? Is he a D-tackle? Is he an edge pass rusher? And I think he's ultimately going to be a base end in a 4-3 or a 5 technique, but man, what an intriguing physical specimen. Uh, just, a, just a terrific frame. He could easily put on another 20-30 pounds, I bet, uh, and, and, and bulk up further if you want him. He's just kind of a raw ball of clay that you can kind of mold into what you want him to be. So let's
1: let's turn to since we mentioned Kaminsky, let's turn to the defensive side of the ball. And everyone focuses on pass rusher for the Giants. I think they were 30th in the league in sacks. Maybe if you look at the advanced analytics, they were maybe middle of the pack in in pass pressure created but you know the reality of it is even if they're in the middle they didn't finish enough plays who would be you know some of the pass rushers that you would target i know that we you know i know that that the guys at the very top of the draft that the giants might go after at 6 i think people are familiar with but if they go another direction at 6 and and again they're looking you know day 2 day 3 to try to supplement that pass rush you know who are some of the guys that really intrigue you as we as we look ahead
0: well and in, in the defensive line is one of the strengths of this draft and we saw it coming a year away and it's definitely lived up to uh, the the hype and uh, you're gonna be able to get better defensive linemen I, I think you're gonna get third round defensive linemen in the fourth and fifth round this year and right on down the line uh, there's gonna be terrific depth and uh, everyone talks about the guys at the top of the draft, but I think there's a number of, of pass rushers that are kind of on that top 50, uh, uh, you know, late round one, early to mid round two uh, border right now. Uh, I think Jalen Ferguson from Louisiana Tech is in that range. Uh, some like him more. Some think he's in the top 20 overall. Uh, not the most athletic or fast guy but more of a power pass rusher but certainly extremely productive the NCAA's all-time leading sacker uh O'Shane Ziminis from Old Dominion I think is really interesting Uh, a lot of talk that maybe he could be this year's Marcus Davenport that didn't really uh prove out at the during the senior bowl week like it did with Davenport but I still think he's a solid day two pick a, a guy with a great frame very productive and Not a lot of flash, but really solid. He's going to take care of all his assignments. Um, uh, Zach Allen from Boston College might have been a first-round pick had he come out last year. The thing working against Zach Allen is he'd have been much more highly coveted five or ten years ago. It's just the way things are going. Teams are looking for guys who can get after the quarterback, and Zach Allen just doesn't offer that. He's going to be more of a base end in a 4-3 defense. can maybe kick inside to detackle tackle on passing downs, but... But he, he's very disruptive. Uh, and I think the whole is more than the sum of the parts with Zach Allen. Uh, but uh, one more pastor, I'll mention that's going to be a possibility for day two, who I became a huge fan of at the Senior Bowl was LJ Collier from TCU. Uh, doesn't have the ideal height that you look for, but really long arms. He's got the wingspan of a guy uh, four or five inches taller. And uh, just a crafty pass rusher, not necessarily uh, incredible strength or incredible speed, but does everything well and just has a, a wide array of, of counters and, and pass rush moves. So I really like L.J. Collier, and, and to me, he's absolutely a day-two pick and, and one of my personal favorites in this class. And that's just, the day, that, that's just the top three round guys. I didn't even mention anybody that projects as you know, rounds four through seven.
1: So it sounds like if the Giants want pass rush, they'll be able to find it.
0: Yeah, and it's one of those things, you know. Everyone's always looking for pass rushers, so they're going to come off the board at a higher rate too. Even though there's more of them, but but no, if you're going to try to get a pass rusher beyond the first round, this is going to be your best opportunity you're going to have.
1: Scott, last question for you as we look ahead to the combine. You know, who would be, you know, this, I'll give you kind of a a general question here. Who would be some of the guys who, as you watch these workouts, as you look ahead to the week, some of the guys that you're most interested in watching or, you know, guys who who throughout the week kind of have the most to prove to NFL scouts in your mind?
0: I think the guy to watch is DK Metcalf from Ole Miss, the wide receiver, uh, just Uh, A a physical freak uh, at 6'4", 2.30. He's supposedly going to run the 4.4s. And uh, I'm sure by now just about anybody who has seen that social media picture they posted of him shirtless after a workout. And uh, when I first saw that, I thought it was Photoshopped. I mean, I literally had to dig into it for a couple minutes to make sure that was real. I mean, he looks uh, like a freak of nature. He he is chiseled. So uh, if he runs as well as we expect and the medicals come back all right, and, and he doesn't appear to lost that to have lost that agility and speed, I think he could theoretically go in the top 10, top 12 overall potentially and, and secure himself a slot as the number one wide receiver in this draft, whereas right now I think he's more of a late first, maybe even a uh, early day two type. So I think DK Metcalf is the guy to watch, and I think he's going na- to be the name on everybody's lips coming out of the sc- scouting combine. But also Andy Isabella, the wide receiver from UMass, he's going to run really well. Uh, so there's talk that maybe he even gets into the four twos. We'll see if that's a, that's a tall task, but, uh, we'll see there. And, and then of course, Kyler Murray, we'll see what he does. Is he going to throw? Is he going to run? Is, uh, is he going to, what, what's he going to participate in? But at the very least we should get a weight on him. So that's what I'm looking forward to seeing on Kyler Murray.
1: All right, Scott, thank you very much for uh spending some time with us. We always appreciate your uh your knowledge and your input. And we'll see if you're right about the uh, about the Giants and, and quarterback this year. You were you were uh right on target a year ago. And uh, if if you're right this year, then the Giants will have a new uh young heir apparent to uh to Eli Manning in camp when they when they start up the two thousand nineteen season. Uh, before I let you go, why don't you uh, tell folks where they can find your work?
0: Yeah, absolutely. You can check the website out at draftcountdown.com. I got an updated mock draft with tons of analysis, uh, positional rankings. Uh, I've got that's my uh, senior bowl coverage, all my practice reports, my stock watch. I just have an article up on the top scouting combine snubs. So uh, it, it's a fun time of the year. And, and just one more note on the Giants my gut is telling me Daniel Jones could end up being the guy for the Giants it's still early there's no inside information or anything but uh if the gut has anything to say I I think Daniel Jones might end up in a Giants uniform you
1: know you you, I I promised I'd let you go and now you forced me to throw another question at you (laughs) by by dropping that do you think there's any possibility when we talk about Jones and, and how quickly he might come off the board do you think there's any possibility that the Giants could take a A different position at six and then still be able to get a Daniel Jones you know maybe in the middle of the draft maybe by jumping ahead of Miami or Washington or something like that with some of their extra picks.
0: It's going to require some maneuvering, and it, it, when you're talking with quarterbacks, I don't think you get cute if there's a guy you like, uh, because I think Daniel Jones' floor is probably Washington at 15. Uh, but I mentioned the Broncos at 10, the uh, the the reds, uh, excuse me, the uh, Dolphins at 13. So um, I, I think you'd have to take him at six, and I don't even know if he makes it that far.
1: All right, we'll see how uh, we'll see how that prediction plays out, Scott. Thank you very much for the time. And I'm sure that I'll be talking to you uh, again between uh, now and draft day. Thanks for having me, Ed. All right. Take care. Okay. Giants fans, our thanks to Scott Wright for spending some time with us talking about the combine and the NFL draft. Pretty strong prediction there from Scott that not only will the Giants take a quarterback, but that it will end up being Daniel Jones of Duke. You know, I've spoken to uh, to several people about Jones. I get the fact that he was he had sort of a mixed performance at the Senior Bowl. But I have always looked at Jones and thought that the connection to the Mannings, the connection to David Cutcliffe, the fact that he does check a lot of the boxes in terms of size, in terms of what teams generally see as NFL quarterbacks in a traditional sense uh, would all that that all of those things would appeal to the Giants, and I'm not going to back off of that. I'm not going to say he's going to be the guy that the Giants will pick, but I do think that much about Daniel Jones will appeal to to Dave Gettleman and the Giants, who are a traditional conservative type franchise. But you know we'll have to see, and uh, you know when the when the draft gets here, obviously one thing we do know is that quarterbacks get overdrafted. They come off the board probably earlier than they should. So Scott might be right that if the Giants want a quarterback, whether it's Jones or Haskins, that they might have to make that move at six. They might not be able to uh, take a player at a different position and then trade back into the first round to get the quarterback that they want. But we'll see how all of that plays out. One thing I did want to tell Giants fans is that yours truly will be spending a few days at the NFL Combine this week. I expect to be there uh, Wednesday, Thursday, part of Friday. Hopefully we'll bring you some features from there, some interviews maybe uh, a podcast if we can uh, if we can find the time to uh, to put one together for you you know from Indianapolis hopefully we'll be doing some facebook live and some other video stuff get you some interesting interviews that will be posted at big blue view and whatever other information we can come across so look forward to uh, to my coverage from Indianapolis during the combine chris flum and dan Pizzuta will of course be podcasting as well and we'll also be giving you you know coverage from the combine at big blue view so hopefully you'll be uh, you'll be following all of that please remember to subscribe to big blue view radio on all of your favorite podcast applications check us out on instagram at big underscore blue underscore view check us out on facebook follow at big blue view on twitter All right, thank you, Giants fans, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye now.